His presence is here. We have come here this morning to meet with the presence of the Most High God. God is not a concept or a thing. He is a spirit. He is a spirit that you can feel. He is a spirit who loves you. He is a spirit who wants to connect with you. And when His presence comes, you feel it in your heart. This morning, His presence is here. The only hindrance that is stopping Him is our own affections, is our own blockages. If this morning, if you would just open up your heart, He will come and He will touch you. He will minister to you. This morning, His glory wants to come and to touch you and transform your life. When His presence is here, anything can happen. In His presence, miracles can happen. In His presence, in His glory, where His glory manifests, no one needs to pray for you. When His glory is present, I don't need to preach, I don't need to do nothing. I don't need to lay hands on you. No one needs to lay hands on you when His glory manifests. Radically transform you just like that. The Bible says that in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Yeah. You want to know what heaven is like? One of the first things that you will feel and experience is an intense joy like you've never, ever known it before. A joy that will just make your heart just want to leap. A joy that will want to make your body leap. A joy that will transcend every struggle, every, every issue in your life. This morning, if you would come and you would reach out to Him, His presence will touch you, I promise you that. Let's worship Him this morning. wait upon his presence this morning.
reach out to him today. Don't hold back.
voice. Lift your voice. Spirit fall over our fall over our city today Lord we hold every church that comes before your name today before you every church in Hawke's Bay that professes the Lordship of Jesus Christ Lord we pray today Lord as we lift our voices as we lift up your name let your glory descend let your glory descend, Father. Lord, let your glory descend over our region. Let your glory descend over your people, over your family. Come, Holy Spirit. Wonderful Jesus. I never ever want to let any other distraction that's got my heart or my mind away from the presence of the Lord. I never ever want to get into that space where, like Jacob said, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. But I nearly missed it because I was too focused on something else. The affections of my heart were more focused on my feelings, my what was going on in my soul. My mind was focused on something else. I was more ruled by my body. I was more ruled by my external circumstance. And because of that, I nearly missed the presence of the Lord. I want to encourage you, church, today. Never let yourself get put into a position. Never allow yourself to come to a place where something else dominates 
a circumstance, a sensation in your body, whatever it is. If there is ever a time that our nation, our city, our region needs people to draw the presence of the Lord, it is now. It is now. Our city and our region right now, even our nation, is experiencing a power challenge. A power challenge that affects the course of people's lives. For me, I don't want to be in a position where I'm just going to bury my head in the sand. You and I are called to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ into our nation, into our region, into our community. I'll say that again. We are called to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. In other words, when there's a contest for power, that's when Christians are really going to stand up. I can tell you right now, I can assure you without a shadow of a doubt, as we're coming up to election season, as we're coming up to local body elections, there is a contest for the spiritual atmosphere over our region. And you will feel it. You will be impacted by it. I want to encourage you today. Do not allow yourself to sit down. Do not allow yourself to settle inside of your spirit. This is a time where I want to be contesting. I want to be pursuing the presence and the power of God. The Bible clearly says this, by the prosperity of the righteous, when the, when the righteous prosper, a city is lifted up or a city rejoices. I'm gonna tell you right now, I can feel in the atmosphere, even in this place. There are people here today, you are under, a, you're under an oppression. I can tell you, I know right now, I can feel it in my spirit. I know there's a reason why, because of what the Word has placed in my heart to preach. <laughs> Whatever you are feeling inside right now, make a decision to get out, make a decision to shift whatever is in your spirit today. Come on, I can't hear you. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to preach without... Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, let's lift his name up. He's worthy. Just quickly find a seat where we are. You're gonna take, we're gonna take up communion. Let's welcome Elaine as she comes up to 
take up communion with us this morning. Over here. wonderful God we serve. Yeah, I've just got a little story to tell you that I believe will touch your heart. For many years I taught Bible in school, many years, and one time I had a young boy called Graham in one of my classes, and I'd drawn up on the board two roads, the narrow road and the, and the broad road, and I was telling the kids, you can choose whichever road you want for life. You can choose the broad road. That's the easy road. Everybody's on that, you know. They can do what they want. You can do what you want. But the narrow road, that's the road that leads up to Jesus. That's the road that leads up to eternal life. The broad road leads down to destruction. It looks attractive, but it's not attractive. Keep on that narrow road. That's the road that, le that leads to eternal life and to Jesus. He would see me, this young boy, Graham, from time to time as he grew up. He'd see me in the supermarket and he'd call out to me, I'm still on the narrow road. And he, on his rickety old bike and he'd give me a shout and I saw him several times. And I, I had taught them about, of course, those two roads. His family was troubled that his older brothers had been in and out of prison. They were involved in all sorts of stuff that was not helpful to young Graham. Anyway, one night, as he got a bit older, I took him along to a youth event. Here he was in his black leathers and me a granny, and we're going together, accompanying one another to a youth event. How cool. I had taken him to this because I knew he was going to hear the truth again, and I knew he needed to hear it again. He heard the gospel message again. Just after that time that I... Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, I... He heard, the, uh, he heard the gospel message again. He knew I had a connection with Camp David. So when his best mate was tragically killed out at, uh, in an electrical transformer accident, he was brokenhearted. He didn't know what to do with himself, so he came looking for me. And he knew I'd be in Camp David. Well, he mean, he, th he thought I'd be there. I didn't spend a whole lot of time. But he came out on a particular morning that there was a ladies' conference going on. And I was only there for the morning. But he turned up on his big old brum brum motorbike coming down the, the gravel drive. And, and he comes into the camp. Um, and he comes to the door. And he's asking for me. They say, you can't come in here. This is, a, this is a women's conference. You can't come in here. Anyway, I saw the commotion, heard the commotion. I thought, oh, my goodness, that's Graham. So I went over to him. We sat at the back of the hall. And he told me about his mate. He was desperately in need of some love and some care and some compassion. So I led him to Jesus at the back of the hall there. Wasn't that wonderful? The very next day, I left to travel to the UK, to Israel and the UK. 
I was going to be away several or a couple of months or more. While I was away, I heard the tragic news that Graham had been killed on his motorbike. I felt so sad. But on the other hand, I knew that Jesus had intervened in a young man's life and taken him to glory because he knew this old world was not going to do him any good and he didn't have the strength and the energy to stand for Jesus on his own. So, you know, what a story. What a beautiful story. What about you? Will you be the one who will allow God to use you to help those who are in need? All around us, there's people in need, desperately in need, in need of Jesus, in need of your love. They might not look terribly attractive, but I tell you what, they need Jesus. Will you be willing to share the love of God? Will you be willing? Here was this young schoolboy in a Bible and school class. His heart was open and God kept him going. Which road are you on today? Are you on the broad road? If you're on the broad road, get off it quick and get onto the narrow road, which is life, eternal life. And I'm going to preach it. (laughs) Get onto that narrow road. Yes, you hold in your hands uh, right now. We've taken communions around, yes. Uh, You hold in your hands the emblems of the great sacrifice made by Jesus, his body and his blood. You're holding in your hands those emblems. The Bible says before you partake of this, you need to search your own heart. Please don't take this until you've asked the Lord to help you with whatever's holding you back from sharing the the, the love of Christ, the story, the, the, the truth about life to others. Search your own hearts this morning as I must search mine so that we can be open-hearted, have an open heart of love for all of those that the Lord sends across our path. So let's just take a moment or two to search our own hearts and ask God to cleanse us from all our sin. Make us fit for his presence and his glory to flow through our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How's everyone doing this morning? You hungry this morning? Amen. Hello, are you hungry this morning? Yeah. You hungry, Terry? <laughs> I do really want to encourage you um, to keep your faith strong, keep your faith alive. And um, we are in days, I, I'm totally convinced, I can feel it in the spirit, um, where there is definitely a power struggle in our nation at the moment and also in our, our region, especially around with the elections coming up. It's not just a matter of elections. Actually, there are spirits uh, and play behind the scenes to try and bring pe- keep people in poverty. And there are spirits of greed behind it as well. And uh, one of the things I'm believing, I have a word in my spirit for this coming season. And, and, and it is that in, in Proverbs chapter 11. And he says, um, when, a, when, the, when the righteous prosper, a city rejoices. It also says the next verse in Proverbs 11, verse 11, it says, by the blessing of the righteous, a city will be exalted. 
What I'm believing for is that there's going to be a wealth shift in our lives, not just financially, but there's going to be a wealth shift in power. There'll be a wealth shift in every aspect in our lives. That's what I'm believing for. Why? Not just for our own gratification, but there'll be a shifting in our nation, there'll be a shifting in our, in our region. There'll be a shifting of the spirit of poverty and our nation will experience a new demonstration of power and glory that there's never, ever been seen before. You guys are a part of it. That's why what we do when we come together as the body of Christ, as Bay City Church, is very, very important. Don't you think that not you're not turning up or what you bring is an important? Actually, it all matters. You're a part of this. We are in this together. I don't want to just, just let bury my head in the sand over it and allow another generation to come up. Heck no. This is my time. This is our time. I love what Apostle Tamaki um, said the other day. He said, if not us, then who? If not now, when? Let it be us. Let it be us now. Amen. We're going to take our tithes and offerings this morning. And I'm believing. I am, I'm totally committed to see us prosper in every area of our life. And our finances, when we tithe, when we sow, it is a representation of our, of our life. And I don't know about you, but I want, and it's the, I know it in my heart, it is scripture that we prosper in every way. And it's not scriptural that we remain in poverty. No one remains in poverty. Poverty brings shame and dishonor over people. I don't want to see you prosper, Terry. Cook Island, you, you can speak Rarotongan. Can you bless the people today in your native tongue? Let's pray. Tomato me to a tapoe. No o okite yana. Yakamita kinegna yate yat. They out tangatailo toiteiro. E papa. Aro amai. Aro amai. Aro amai e papa. No o okite me to. No o okite me they are kateite, they are kameitaki yama. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just take up the offering. for you, Jesus. We wait on you. We lift you up, Lord. We decree your Lordship over this church, over this region today. We're hungry for you, Jesus. today, every person that is sowing, Lord, we bless them today. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you, God, it's not limited to a service. We thank you, God, that we're in a new season with you. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. I decree it today, we're in a new season. We're in a new season. You know when before there's revival, before there's a move of God, the spirit of prayer starts to flow. It starts to overtake the people. I believe that it's starting to overtake us as a church. And uh, I want to encourage you. You would have received one of these. Uh, They were on your seats this morning. And I've got a whole lot of prayer points on there. We've got Apostle Tamarit coming. But I want you to know this, that... We want to honor the man. We honor the gift on his life. But more than that, we honor Jesus Christ. And we are believing that through him coming, it's not just an event, that he would deposit something here that would go on and it would last and it would grow. So we would love you, whether you pray on your own, whether you want to pray with somebody else or you pray as a family group, to take one or two of these points every day. It's every day. You don't have to do all of them. There's a lot there. But just take a point, take something around the dinner table somewhere, but come into agreement and say, God, we're believing for this. God, we're believing for our region. God, we're believing for Auckland. God, we're believing for New Zealand to come into revival again in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I just want to remind you too about tonight. So we've got a Um, We've got a very special event on tonight, very significant event, having the movie Unplanned here. It's at 6 p.m. It'll start at 6 p.m., so you'll need to be here a little bit early. I do want to say this. I know that there are graphic images involved because we know that abortion is graphic. The the suggested rating is R17. We suggest very strongly that you do not bring children to this movie. There were, unfortunately, there will not be any children's facility available. So if you're a husband and wife, maybe one of you choose to come. Um, or you find somebody that can look after your children. So we're going to leave it to each family to make their own decisions. If you turn up with your children, we're going to let you make that decision. But we're strongly recommending there is a very graphic images involved in this movie because that's what it's about. It is, it is meant to, con- it's a true story and it's meant to confront Uh, what is going on behind closed doors. This is not about judgment of anyone that has been in this position. It is not about condemnation. This is about bringing awareness of how, church, we need to pray and how we need to love people that are caught in this trap and they're caught in this dilemma, how we need to stand up and not judge, but we need to love fiercely. We need to love fiercely, amen? So we encourage you to come tonight and uh, bring somebody with you. And uh, I know I'm, I'm going to hand over to Pastor Dave, but I just, I just want to do one more thing. There's two little girls that were up here this morning, Eleanor and Eve, and I just want to prophesy because I want you to remember my words. Eleanor, you're called as a worshiper. There's worship on your life. And Eve, you're called, I saw you busting down doors and I saw you busting down walls. And I don't know anything about you girls. But God is on your lives and there is a heritage and there is a legacy that has been paved for you because of your parents, because of your grandparents, because of your great-grandparents. You, you will walk in the things of God very, very easily. You are part of the next generation of revivalists that will walk in this nation. I decree it today. James, nice shirt, bro. Yeah, turn around. Just, just to enlighten you a little bit, I designed that. 
And uh, there's a word in there for somebody. Just turn around. You see the design on the back? It's, um, it was, uh, it's based on what's called the, in Maori, Maori art, it's uh, mangupari, mangupara, mangupari, which is, forgive me if I've pronounced it wrong, but it's based on, um, there's, a, there's a meaning behind this, this symbol. And uh, it was based on, that the, the artwork was taken from the hammerhead shark, which means, uh, which was known for its tenacity, its, its uh, resilience, its ability to not let go in a fight. In other words, um, when it's in a bit of a contention, when it's in a fight, it will not get, it's, it's got some bite in it. <laughs> yeah. It's a ferocious fighter. And so this artwork, so this design here is based on, 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 the, on the spirit of, 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 I guess, the, the unwillingness to give up, whatever there is. Resilience, something like this. And they see it's done in the shape of a cross and, 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 and the red. All of that symbolizes this. It's a, it symbolizes this. It's for somebody. Somebody here says you're in a fight, you're in a contention right now. And I want to encourage you to be like, um, not be like the hammerhead shark as such, but actually there's a power that comes through the cross of Jesus Christ and through his blood, and he will cause you to overcome. If you're here today and you're in a fight right now, if you're in a fight financially, if you're in a fight, if you are contention, contending for something, I want to encourage you, do not give up, do not quit. If it takes one year, if it takes 10 years, if it takes 20 years, whatever it takes, do not quit, do not give up, because God has got a blessing over your life. Amen? Thanks, guys. I want to encourage you with something just, just briefly, just bite off. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. You don't have to go far if you don't want to. You can just... um, one of the things about heaven is this. Heaven is not just a, a place somewhere. It is a place that you will go to somewhere where we will enter. But it's also a place where we can experience now. You and I are the gates of heaven. So tell someone next to you, you are the gate of heaven. <laughs> Come on, you're the gate of heaven. Tell them, you are the gate of heaven. You know, the heaven is far closer than we can ever imagine. Let me ask you this question. What do you think the, one of the first sensations you will experience when you step in, when you step into the presence of God, when, you, when heaven manifests in your heart, when, uh, when you become aware of the presence of God, when you become aware of the heaven, when you step into heaven, however and whenever you experience heaven, what is one of the first experiences that you'll feel? And it's joy. And it's joy. You'll feel a whole bunch of experiences. When, I mean, I was just thinking about it. And you'll feel like the intensity of peace. You'll, 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 you'll experience love like you've never experienced before. But you will experience joy. Yeah. <laughs> so for us as Christians, if we have received the presence of God, we have got to be one of the most happiest people. When I came back from Pakistan, you know, one of the first things I noticed about you Kiwis, how angry so many were. How, how, how very close to the surface anger was. In other words, it didn't really take enough, it didn't really take, doesn't really take much to really upset somebody. 
which tells me I wonder what's really going on in people's hearts, even for Christians, for people that have received Jesus Christ. One of the experiences that we should have and carry with us is joy. But if you were to consider a bunch of Christians, church-going people, people that go to church, maybe not necessarily Christians, but people that go to church, you see how quickly they get upset and how angry and how cynical and how bitter some people can look. Just come to the house. But actually one of the the second fruit of the Spirit, in other words, the evidence of the Spirit of God alive in our spirits is joy. It's not the cleverness or the spirituality of what you project or what you think you know. It is the demonstration and the manifestation of joy. (laughs) I've got some work to do this morning. I love this. I love this in in, in Passion Translation in John 16, verse 22. These are the words of Jesus. I love this. And and look, even when I was thinking about this, I've I've had this word in my spirit from last week. I got really really nicked off last weekend because the the car broke down and I couldn't race. And I was thinking about this. I I was thinking, man, I should be really upset. And I was was singing in the shower, and all of a sudden, this song came over my life, and it said, the words of the song, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. And the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. This Jesus that I have. See, here I was, I was kind of a little bit ticked, but anyway, all of a sudden the song came over my life and I started to crack up laughing and I thought, oh, had a good day. And even when I was thinking, I was praying down here in my office last night, sitting and reading this. And all of a sudden, I, I, honestly, I, was, I just started to cry and laugh. And I don't know guys could do that, but anyway, I could do it. <laughs> cry and laugh at the same time. No explanation. All of a sudden, it was just the spirit of joy come afresh over my life. And it says this in John chapter 16, verse 22, from Jesus in the Passion Translation. He says, so you will pass through, somebody say, I'm passing through, a time of intense sorrow when I'm taken from you, but you will see me again. And then your hearts will burst with joy. (laughs) Then your hearts will burst with joy and no one will be able to take it from you. Until now, he goes on to say, until now you have not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing of my name, but now you can ask and keep on asking him and you can be sure that you will receive what you'll ask for. And listen to this, it says this, and your joy will have no limits. No limits. Tell somebody next to you, my joy's got no limits. Unlimited joy. Unlimited joy. My joy has no limits. What, do, what does it mean to have unlimited joy? What would it mean to have a live a life with unlimited joy? In other words, there's nothing that you, there's no point that you get to and say, oh, my joy stopped now. There's no circumstance that dictates when you can stop being in joy and when you can be in joy again. Hello? It also means 
that there's no limit to the expression of joy. Uh, don't, I will keep my clothes on, you know. Just. I was listening to that song during the week, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my life, I will dance. Like David did. So, yeah, I will keep my clothes on. Your joy will have no limits. And I, I, sometimes people think that the understanding of God is just an idea, but actually God is, is a person. You, he's a spirit that you can experience what he is like. For us as Christians, we are called to reflect his expression. That means we are called to not just receive and to walk in, but also to reflect what he is like. And one of the first, the first thing he is, is love. The second thing he is, is joy. We're getting warmed up. <laughs> you can feel joy. Joy is something that you feel. And, and every, you can feel in every part of your, your you can feel it physically. You can feel it in your soul, and you can feel it in your spirit. Even a, a dog can feel physical joy. When a dog scratches himself, hey. There is a joy he can feel. I mean, how many people know the physical joy? When there is something, when, you know, when somebody scratches an itch, it's kind of like, oh, yes. Come on. Come on. Just keep doing that. Don't stop, baby. Keep scratching. There's a physical joy. You can feel joy in your, in your body. Joy is something that you can feel and experience in your soul. In other words, you can feel it in your emotions. Hello? You feel it in your life. You feel it in your body. You can feel it in your soul. You can feel it in every, when, when somebody is, is, is joyful, when somebody is full with the spirit of joy, or just when somebody is just filled with the spirit of God, full stop. You will feel it. You will just, it will emanate out of you into your body. You cannot, when you really are in, in a relationship with, with Jesus and, and, and the spirit is alive inside of you, you will be, I can promise you, the most happiest person around. There's something about my dad I just love, and he's renowned for a lot of things. But one of the big things he's renowned for is his laugh. In other words, when he walks into the building, everyone knows it. Why? Because of his laugh. Hello. For us as a church, we should be, we are called to be the happiest and joyful people in the face of the earth. You can, feel, you can feel joy inside of your heart. But funny thing, most of these, most of the joy that we experience in our life is circumstantial. So the, the physical joy and soul joy, they're largely circumstantial to a certain degree. In other words, they, they are joy, it is joy that is based on what our circumstances currently are. So when the finger is scratching on the itch, we're happy. When, the, when, it, when it stops scratching, no longer happy anymore. It's a circumstance. For, some, for many people in the world, their joy is circumstantially based. In other words, they're trying to, they try and create external experiences. And that's what drives a lot of industries in the world today. Why? Because people are looking for a sense of happiness. People are looking for a sense of joy because it's missing as a result of sin. Sin steals people's joy. But there is only so far, there's only so much joy people can reach through money and through experiences of the soul. So there's a joy of our flesh, there's a joy of our soul.
but there's a joy of our spirit. There's a joy that's based, in, so this joy transcends every other feeling or every other experience of joy. In other words, the joy that you experience in your spirit, it is stronger than whatever our circumstance may be. It is stronger than whatever, what else is going on in around our life. There is a joy that you can receive into your spirit that regardless of the circumstance, there is going to be an overflow of joy out of your life. Yes, we're warming up. Yes, we're warming up. This joy that we feel, the spiritual joy, it's, it's both intense, it's expressive, and it overflows, and it's not based on what our circumstances is. This joy is based, let me tell you this. He says, he says when, you, like when Jesus said, when you see me again, when you see me again, you will experience a joy that has no limits. In other words, there is a joy that comes as a result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, we're getting warmer. We're getting warmer. There is a joy that you can experience in your spirit that is a direct result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, He released into our spirit. He made available for us a joy that has never ever been since the time of Adam been experienced before. When the Holy Spirit came in Pentecost, one of the first things that was expressed was joy. It certainly wasn't sadness. <laughs> it was joy. There is a, a joy that is based on one, on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and two, on the indwelling of the Spirit of God. If you're a Christian, if you have received the Spirit of God, then your joy comes from one, the resurrection, and two, the person of the Holy Spirit. And as long as, so the difference is our, our joy that we have is not based on circumstance, but rather this, listen, our, base, our joy is based on who my spirit is connected to, what he is like, what he has done, and what he will do. Yes. My joy, your joy is based on who my spirit is connected to. What he has done and what he will do. Circumst regardless of circumstance, my circumstance might go up and down, up and down. Even when I'm down here, you have, we have access to a joy that can transcend any circumstance that we walk into. Come on, we need to warm up a little bit more. I love this. Here's another one. As long as I stay in relationship, have Christ as the center of my heart. Hello? This joy will be contagious and it will emanate out. Whatever we are entertaining on a daily basis, whatever we entertain, whatever spirit we come into an agreement with, will manifest out of our life. When I say upset Christians, I've got a question. What are you coming into agreement to? What are you listening to? Who's taken the lordship in your life? Because Jesus is really happy. The Holy Spirit, He's incredibly happy. He's incredibly joyful. And when we walk in His presence, when we walk in relationship daily with Him, you can tap into a well of joy that has no limits. Oh, yes. Yes. 
Philippians 4, I love this. He says, be cheerful and with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. In other words, when there is a, when there is a unite and when there is a, a, a daily walking with the Holy Spirit, I can tell you, you're not going to be an angry person. There'll be an overflowing of joy out of your life. Interesting, in Philippians 1 verse 18, Paul is writing this in prison. And basically he's saying this, Regard, I don't know if you've ever been in one of these prisons, but he said, in spite of my imprisonment, I am overjoyed. My next question was, well, what does it look like to be overjoyed? <laughs> overjoyed, regardless of his circumstances. He was in the deepest, darkest prison, yet he was overjoyed. He had made a decision after being beaten, after being persecuted, after being all through the, you got some bad circumstances, talk to Paul. Yeah, he would say, I am overjoyed. I have this question, I wonder how that's being expressed. Because if you're overjoyed, overjoy is not something you just bottle up on the inside. There's gotta be something, there'll be, have to be an expression somewhere. You can see that when he was in jail with, with Silas, beaten him with rods, handcuffed in the deep, deepest, darkest place. Paul said, I feel like a song. I feel like a little song growing up in my heart. I got the joy, joy, joy out of my heart. Where's Silas? Where's Silas? Out of my heart. Come on, Silas. And after they started to rejoice, after they started to rejoice, the Spirit of God started to respond. The Spirit of the Lord started to dance. And he started to move and started to shake things up. And he just couldn't contain himself. And next thing you know, the whole place fell apart. Yeah. Don't underestimate the power of the joy. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8 that the joy of the Lord is our strength. <laughs> He's our strength. He's our strength. He is your strength. In David chapter, it's 2 Samuel. Chapter 6, verse 14, David danced before the Lord with all his might. He danced before the Lord with all his might. Again, I've got a question. Hey, what did that look like? Did he do like the robot or what did he do? Yeah, I'm working on my dignity level. I can dance a little, but not... I've still got to free up, you know. I've got to allow, for me personally, that's one of the things I've got to allow the Lord to work in my own heart over. Allow the Lord to work in my own expression and, 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 and allow the, the walls of my soul to come down and allow the Spirit of the Lord inside of me to open up. You know, I, couldn't, I didn't like singing much in, in church. Now I'll sing, I'll sing in front of you all. But I had to practice. I had to say, Lord, no, I'm not going to worry about what everyone thinks of me. Actually, I'm just going to lift up my voice and start to sing because the Spirit of the Lord inside of me also wants to sing. I've got the joy, 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 joy. If I've got to work on it, I'm sure other people got to work on it. I love this one here. In, in Galatians chapter 2, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions. 
joy that overflows, a peace that subdues, and a patience that endures, a kindness and action. As I started to look at this, joy has a whole another meaning. And I'm just going to just quickly break it down for you as this. The word or the meaning of the word joy in Hebrew, see, it means um, simcha, S-I-M-C-H-A. So when when we read the word joy in English, it doesn't fully encapsulate what joy is all about. There are some languages, like Japanese, for example, they have 50 words to describe one English word. In other words, there is different ways or different nuances behind the word. And so there's a, so, so the word joy is not just limited just to an expression inside of our life. Let me just let me describe. In Deuteronomy, so the simcha has a, has, a, has, a, has a meaning to it which is untranslatable into English. If you look in Deuteronomy, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, this is, was basically written in Moses' last year of his life. In other words, if you consider what Moses had been through, his journey, he had just been told that he was not about to enter, that he was not going to enter into the promised land. But his descendants would. Uh, he was just about to be told that. Sorry, he was just told that. And then so after he was told that, he started to write some other letters to the future of the, of the, of the Jewish people. Interesting what he says here in Deuteronomy 12 and verse 7. In the central sanctuary, there in the presence of the Lord, your God, you and your families shall eat and rejoice in everything you have put your hand to because the Lord has blessed you. In, Deuter- in the next verse down in verse 12, he says... And in Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord, and in there you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you, your sons, your daughters, your men servants, your maid servants, and the Levites from your town. And then he goes on to the next verse down. Sacred food that may only be eaten in Jerusalem, eat them in the presence of the Lord your God at the place your God will choose. You, your sons, your daughters, your maid servants, and your and the Levites from your towns. You are to rejoice before the Lord your God in everything that you put your hand to. In other words, he's saying, rejoice. Listen to what he's saying. And and then he goes on in Deuteronomy 14, verse 26, referring to the second tithe. Use the silver to buy whatever you like. Cattle, sheep, a chardonnay, (laughs) or any other fermented drink. Maybe buy yourself a... No, no, I'm not going (laughs) to... To stay away from that uh, that cabbage. Anyway, he says, "You and your joy, you and your household, shall eat it there in the presence of the Lord, and rejoice." It goes again in verse in chapter sixteen, eleven, in the festival of Shavuot, and rejoice before the Lord your God at the place He will choose at a dwelling place for His name. You, your sons, your daughters, your men servants, your maid servants, the Levites in your town, and the strangers and the fatherless and the widows living among you. And then he goes again, he says, another festival, be joyful at your feast, you, your sons, your daughters, your men servants, your maid servants, the Levites, the pastors, the strangers, the fatherless and the widows who live in your towns. And again, he says, for seven days, celebrate to the feast, the feast of the Lord your God at the place that your Lord your God will bless you in your harvest and all the work of your hands. And there you shall be very joyful. There you shall be very joyful. 
when you start to look at this, one of the things that you first see is this. Coming into the place of promise, coming into the promised land, one of the first experiences, the most prominent experience we, we, we will experience is joy. It's joy. The joy of not having to run from anyone anymore. The joy that we have our own land. The joy that we're in place and prosperity. Interesting, Moses, Moses is articulating for the first time that joy is celebrated as communal and national rejoicing. That the nation was to be brought together, not just by crisis, catastrophe, or impending war, by the collective celebration or the collective joy in the presence of the Lord. One of the things that you notice in this, when he talks about being joyful, never once does he say, keep it to yourself. Never once does he say, what, if, what, if, what you see obviously here is he says, be joyful. In fact, don't just be joyful, be very, very joyful. In other words, experience the fullness of joy. Make an effort, put money aside to, to, to spend on celebrations. Put money aside each year to party. If there's something to party about, put money aside and party about it. Interesting, he says there's a second tithe. In other words, there's a tithe that goes to the house of the Lord, but there's a tithe that also goes to celebrating. In other words, spend money on your celebrations. If you've had a good year, even if you've had a bad year, just put some money aside and just celebrate that the Lord is good. <laughs> One of the things you also notice in this is that never once does he say, go and have yourself a little party by yourself. Does he? And therein lies the nuance, well, therein lies the hidden meaning of joy. Because joy can be felt by yourself. What good is that? What good is that if you feel joy and no one else is blessed by it? What good is that? And herein lies the essence of what church should all be about. This is in the essence of what our soul group should be about. This is in the essence. And this idea is what church should be known for. This is what our soul group should be known for. This is what every expression of our church should be known for. One, that it's joyful. We're not, we're not getting together and having a pity party about how bad life is. If your soul group, if your connect group is about that, change the group. There's times for healing. There's times to put your stuff, your junk out on the table for everybody to... Uh, it can't always be like that. The majority of the theme should be that of joy and celebration. Come together, have a feed. Have a... You just... You don't get... Don't go overboard. And you know what I'm saying. You're a pastor. You know what I'm... You've got to justify some behaviours, you know. What I'm saying is this. Don't just keep your joy all bottled up. One of the things he's saying is this, that he repeat, Moses repeats the point over again. He says, whenever you celebrate, whenever you celebrate, one, find a reason to celebrate. Just find a reason to celebrate. Make it regular. Make it all the way through the year. That's what all the feasts were about, celebrations. Make time to party. Make time, put money into it. Make sure that just put a couple of crackers on the table. They even say, put some money into it and have a great time. Turn the music up a little. And just don't do it by yourself. In other words, don't just go and have yourself a wee selfie. 
Invite everyone. Invite, invite your wife. <laughs> invite your hubby. I don't know about, I don't know if anyone here has actually got a servant or not, but put something on for your staff. Just buy some presents for your staff. And just celebrate, just for the sake of celebrating that. Have a place, in other words, he's saying, one of the things he says here, invite everyone, invite your family, invite your sons, invite the pastor. That's what he says there, invite the pastor. <laughs> Levite. That's the worship team as well. Invite the worship team. Invite the worship team. Invite the, invite the widows. Yes. Some crazy widows out there. Give them a couple of glasses of Chardonnay and I tell you, it's going to be a party. Invite the fatherless. Find somebody that doesn't have a dad. And the strangers. Invite the strangers. Therein is the message of evangelism. Our best evangelism is not going to be standing on the street saying, you need to repent of your evil, wicked ways. You're going to burn in hell. No. Our best form of evangelism is this. Come to my house for dinner. A bunch of people coming over. I just want to share a life with you. You don't need to bring anything. We'll just, I'll put it on all for you. You just come and you just enjoy yourself. It doesn't matter if you're a different color, different race, even a different religion. It doesn't really matter. Because when we carry that joy inside of our heart, it will transcend everything else. My heart was this. I want to see the experience. I want to see the presence of power of God in this place. Absolutely. I want to see demonstrations of His power. I want to see all that. But I want us, most importantly, to be a place of rejoicing. Regardless of our circumstances. That you can leave your junk at the door, you can bring it in if you want to. Let this place be a place where our hearts are open. That our homes are open, that our tables are open. Let this be a place that we will include people in. And I want to say, if you're here for the first time, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, all of this is for you that your spirit would be lifted, that your spirit would come to a place when you can meet and know Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, let's stand up. Amen. And his presence there is, somebody help me out. Fullness of joy. And his presence there is, in his presence there is yes maybe you're here today and I don't know maybe circumstances just got over the top of you maybe you're experiencing maybe you've been you've got the blunt end or the sharp end of a stick whatever the saying is it doesn't really matter you know what I'm talking about maybe you're here today 
you're struggling inside. Maybe you're here today and life's going well. I want to encourage you. There is a joy that we have access to that transcends every, every other joy. Maybe, maybe we just need to have a little, we look at ourselves and say, hmm, actually, I've just become too jolly grumpy. <laughs> I used to be full of joy, but actually, I go to church, I read my Bible, I do all that sort of stuff. But actually, overall, I'm a grumpy type of person. When was the last time you smiled? When was the last time you roll on the floor laughing? <laughs> Honestly, when was the last time you cried with joy? When? When was the last time you laughed so hard that you literally could not contain yourself? When? Let's create environments where we can laugh, we can celebrate. Even if something goes a little bit awkward. Does it really matter? Sure, something might be exalted in the place of Christ. Tear that high thing down. Have a wee giggle. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, that in your presence there is fullness of joy. Lord, help us, we pray to live in your fullness, to live as vessels of heaven, to, to live as gates of heaven, Lord, that all around us there'll be contagious joy. Lord, that regardless of our circumstance, Lord, I thank you that today, Lord, this joy that we have, it is not based on our circumstance, it's not based on who's in parliament, it doesn't based on who won the rugby game or who lost the rugby game. Lord, I thank you today, Lord, that this joy that I have, it doesn't come from the world, but it comes from your resurrection power that comes from your spirit living inside of me. And I thank you that today this joy that is inside of me overcomes the world and all that is in the world. Today, Lord, we celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your blessing. We give you praise and we give you honor. Come on, clap your hands on your people. We are the free, the freedom generation. Singing our mercy. You are the one who set us all in motion. Yours is the glory. There's a fire in our hearts Come on. and it burns Can't hear you for you. It's never going to fade away. We are the free and yours is the glory. Run! 
second generation singing a mercy you are the one who said i saw the motion yours is the glory there's a fire in our hearts and it burns for you it's never gonna fade away there's a fire there's a fire in our hearts and it burns for you it's never gonna fade away we are the free Yours is the glory. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a surprise. Yes. Somebody say unlimited joy. Unlimited joy. All right. Fantastic. I want to encourage you. Have a fantastic week. Hold the spirit of joy around your life. It's the most powerful weapon that we have. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Don't forget to come tonight. Come next Sunday. It's going to be fantastic. Bless you.